How would you like to put your life on the line every time you go on the job, walking among a concentration of some of the most dangerous people? That's daily life for guards at the Bureau of Prisons. Earlier, before the reopening of the government, I spoke with Heidi Barakowitz, partner at Kalajarvi, Choosy, Newman & Fitch. She represents many Bureau of Prison employees. Although the shutdown is over, I thought you'd want to hear some of the unique details of how the shutdown affected them. Later in the interview, Barakowitz talks about the status of the class action lawsuits from the 2013 and 2019 shutdowns, but we started with prison conditions. Well, I've worked with the union that represents the employees at the Federal Bureau of Prisons for over 15 years now. The conditions are definitely deteriorating. Starting about two years ago when this administration took over, they put a hiring uh, freeze in place. So staffing levels have plummeted dramatically. Um, that's only worsened over the course of the shutdown. I've heard so many stories. Um, you know, a lot of prisons are in very remote areas. It can be an hour commute each way. People can't afford to get to work. People are making the decision. I only have a few hundred dollars left in the bank. Um, I need to save this money to feed my kids. I can't afford the cost of transportation to work. And let's get back to the issue of the dropping rosters of the professionals that guard the prisons. You said there was a hiring freeze early, and of course the Trump administration did impose that. But did that result in a drop in the number of guards? Absolutely. It's an agency of about 40,000 people. And last year they announced that they were essentially had already or were in the process of eliminating over 6,000 positions. That's a huge percentage for an agency of that size. And it's had a dramatically negative effect on the workers, both keeping the staff safe as well as the inmates safe. And there's about 122, I believe, federal prisons? Yes, that's correct. And since the shutdown, the guards have not been paid, as we've indicated. And what has that done to the workforce? Uh, you mentioned it's expensive for them to get to work and back. Does that mean they're not going? And what does that have? What effect has that had on overtime of the people that are managing to get there? Well, people are working excessive amounts of overtime. Um, because of the drop in the staffing levels, there was already a high rate of overtime within the Federal Bureau of Prisons, and that has only um, been exacerbated during the shutdown. I have a client who the last pay period worked 60 hours of overtime over the course of two weeks. Almost a doubling of the normal work week. Absolutely. Um, I've heard of other institutions where in a single day they've had to fill 60 overtime shifts. Um, it's a dramatic amount of overtime. So this is a mentally draining and exhausting and dangerous job. There have been, um, you know, in the time that I've done this work, three staff murders and countless staff injuries and assaults within the Bureau of Prisons. Um, I can't imagine what it's like to go to work um, every day, not knowing if today is going to be the day that something bad happens. And now these employees, on top of what they deal with on a good day, they're all worried about how they're going to feed their kids, how they're going to buy medicine, how they're going to survive. And you had an incident in which one of your clients was injured recently, correct? Yes. During the shutdown, there's been violence has continued and even worsened. For example, on one day, there were uh, two inmates who were attacked at a low-security prison in Michigan, and two staff were injured responding, trying to protect the inmates who were being stabbed. Unfortunately, one of the inmates was murdered. Um, that same day, there were eight staff around the country just that I heard of who were assaulted by inmates. So the inmates possibly are aware of the stress and sheer physical tiredness the employees must be under because of the overtime and because of not being paid? 
Absolutely. Um, I've heard countless reports of the inmates taunting the staff. You should work for the cartel. They always pay. They don't shut down. Um, I made more money than you last week. We're speaking with Heidi Barakowitz, partner at Kalajarvi, Choosy, Newman and Fitch. And so are these employees parties to the class action lawsuit you've launched in the 2018-2019 shutdown, similar to the one that you won for the 2013 shutdown? Absolutely. Uh, The original named plaintiffs were employees at the Federal Bureau of Prisons. Um, Just as in 2013, the case is open to all federal employees. Now, that case in 2013 garnered 25,000 plaintiffs. What are you seeing now? And do you expect – and there's several lawsuits going on. I guess the court consolidated them. And do you expect at least that number this time around? I expect a much, much larger number this time. In 2013, when I filed a case, that was a case of first impression. It was the only lawsuit that was ever filed against the federal government um, challenging its failure to pay employees who were working during the shutdown without pay. Um, We won the case. Um, So we expect the participation level to be much higher. Um, We have been, my firm, just alone, we've received over 10,000 emails from people just through word of mouth who've contacted us wanting to know about the case and asking questions about the terrible circumstances they're dealing with during the shutdown. And so they're not all Bureau of Prison. No, we have plaintiffs and clients from all across the country, all across the federal workforce. And we've been getting the question, can people still get in on 2013, the settled case? And I guess you should probably answer that question definitively at this point. I'm so glad that you asked that. We've received so many questions. People who, because of the press coverage over our current case, have reached out to us and said, we didn't know about the 2013 case. Can we join? And unfortunately, the answer is no, because the statute of limitations has run. So that's why it's really important to spread the word about the current case. Um, When you sue under the Fair Labor Standards Act, the statute that we're suing under, it's not like that traditional class action that most people are familiar with, where you're just automatically part of the case. You don't have to do anything. Because you bought a CD or something or had a phone bill. Absolutely. Under this statute, you actually have to opt into the case. It's a very simple process. It's as simple as filling out a piece of paper so that we can submit it to the court. Our firm has set up uh, an electronic process to facilitate that. It literally takes just minutes, www.2018governmentshutdown.com. And since the since your firm won the case or since you won the case from 2013 based on the federal government's violation of the Fair Labor Standards Act, do you expect this to be a quick trial this time or could the government possibly settle knowing that they lost under the same circumstances before? Well, I certainly always endorse settlement, um, and certainly if there was ever a case that was right for it, given what the federal workforce has been put through over the last 35 days, um, it would be wonderful to settle this case. Litigation never moves as fast as we would like. However, we're very optimistic that this case will go quite quickly. The legal issues are identical to the 2013 case. As I indicated earlier, that was a case of first impression. We had to litigate whether or not the government violated the FLSA and then whether or not they were liable for liquidated damages. The court ruled in our favor on both of those issues and even determined the government was liable for the liquidated damages because it didn't act in good faith when it failed to pay essential employees for working during the shutdown on time. So from our perspective, those issues are identical. We shouldn't have to litigate them again. But it is a different administration, different lawyers on the government side, so anything could happen at this point. 
Well, certainly I can't make any promises and anything can happen, but our case is filed in the same court and has been assigned to the same judge who presided over the 2013 case. Um, And from our perspective, it's a strong legal claim as evidenced by the fact that we won it already. And the decision was rendered in 2017 for 2013, and therefore people can't join that suit. What is the deadline for people to join the current suit? Is it any time before a judgment is rendered? So the deadline um, to join an FLSA claim, the statute of limitations, is two years, um, and it can be extended in some circumstances to three years if you can show that the employer's violation was willful. Here, I would encourage everyone to just go ahead and sign up now rather than chancing risking any deadline. Um, It's terrible what employees are going through right now. They are incurring interest charges, late penalty fees, the trauma, the stories I've heard of people who can't get medical care, who are worried about feeding their kids. Um, I don't even know where to start. The number of stories that I've heard are so heartbreaking. Um, And so hopefully these liquidated damages will help compensate the people for the out-of-pocket financial harm that they're suffering right now. Heidi Barakowitz is a partner at Kalajarvi, Choosy, Newman & Fitch. Thanks so much. Thank you for having me. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to The Federal Drive at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One.